It's Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Pam Jones. In Maryland, the number of COVID hospitalizations are down, but only slightly, and the CDC warns of a new fast-spreading variant. A city council meeting this week brought heated discussion about Baltimore's squeegee workers and a recent homicide. And Mayor Brandon Scott says while violence and harassment cannot be tolerated, there can't be a one-step solution to clear the city of panhandlers. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. 1,780 new cases. That's what the Maryland State Health Department says in its latest update on COVID-19. Hospitalizations went down slightly, but not by much, to 548 people now in area hospitals. And the positivity rate remains above 9% at 9.11. On Tuesday, the CDC's director, Rochelle Walensky, at a White House briefing said the fast-spreading BA5 variant is estimated to make up 65 percent of the coronavirus variants in the United States as of last week. A Baltimore police officer has been charged with selling drugs, ghost guns, and ammunition to a notorious biker gang. Stephen Angelini was arrested today following a lengthy investigation. He's accused of partnering with the president of the Riders Motorcycle Club to sell cocaine and oxycodone. Prosecutors also say he gave the club private information about the murder of one of their suppliers. If found guilty and convicted, Angelini faces 25 years in prison. The Baltimore City Council Monday night held a meeting discussing several new bills, but council members focused mainly on a shooting homicide that occurred late last week involving a squeegee worker. WIPR City Hall reporter Bethany Raja reports. Councilman Eric Costello, District 11, said the amount of violence in Baltimore is unsustainable. Two lives were destroyed last week. Uh, One person lost their life uh, and is dead, Uh, and we have failed to adequately address this situation. During a six-minute statement, Councilman Christopher Burnett, District 8, said it was his duty to challenge the stereotypes of violence and mass incarceration of black and brown children in Baltimore City. Because let's be clear, if these corners were filled with white kids who squeegee, their narrative would be different, our response would be different. Thursday's homicide was the 186th murder this year in Baltimore. Bethany Raja, WYPR News. Maryland's new suicide prevention hotline is changing its phone number from 211 to 988 this weekend. Callers to the old number will be automatically routed to the new hotline. Federal and state lawmakers chipped in $7.4 million to upgrade the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline service that's available 24 hours a day and seven days a week. The money is to hire more workers across the state's eight crisis phone line centers, support staff training, and improve coordination between 911 and 988 operators. The speed cameras along the Jones Falls Expressway have been issuing warnings about speeding for the last 90 days. Now they're issuing $40 tickets to any motorist traveling 12 miles over the posted 50-mile-an-hour speed limit on I-83. The cameras are located in the northbound and southbound lanes of the JFX near the 41st Street Bridge. The scheduled change took place overnight.
Last week, Baltimore's mayor released what he called a one-year progress report on his violence prevention plan, which comes under his Office of Neighborhood Safety and Engagement. In a conversation on Midday with host Tom Hall today, Mayor Brandon Scott said in the past 18 months, that office has made progress with making Baltimore streets safer. But Scott also addressed another high-profile city homicide. 48-year-old Timothy Reynolds was shot to death by a squeegee worker in downtown Baltimore last Thursday after getting out of his vehicle and confronting a group of squeegee workers armed with an aluminum baseball bat. The mayor said while this is a complete tragedy, this issue is complicated and he is working toward a city where this does not have to occur history of that in Baltimore and what those words actually mean in practice and the fact that they did that kind of activity for so long and it did nothing to make our neighborhood safer. It did nothing but really ruin the lives of so many and it impacts of that very same enforcement activity uh, has had on so many of our residents. And we've been uh, really working to address this uh, complete issue before last week and I'm not here to get caught up in the complications, but we're gonna keep uh, connecting uh, uh, folks to opportunities. Last Friday, we had an event at the Lewis Museum where we were working to provide jobs and we are offering up to right now 40 city government jobs to young people who uh, just happen to squeegee. I understand and know why they're out there. We want them to take advantage of every single resource that we're offering to them. We're gonna to continue to have that increased presence from at all city officials, African-American male engagement, police and otherwise, we will always enforce laws when people are being harmed and, and property being damaged and threatened. But we're going to uh, handle this issue in a complete and deeply thought it out, thought out way. Even though there is a 1985 ordinance on the books that criminalizes panhandling on the streets of Baltimore, Mayor Scott says it is not as simple as clearing squeegee workers off street corners and at intersections. We know what clearing corners means in Baltimore. We what we will do is actually enforce illegal activity that is not uh, protected by the Constitution. Uh, we will continue that day that this incident happened. Our police department actually went out there and made a gun arrest every day. Oh, sorry about that, Tom. Every day, as you heard from Dr. Bunley and his team yesterday, they're out there pulling these young folks off. And folks have to understand, again, Tom, remember, this isn't the first time someone said clear the corners of squeegeeing, right? And guess what? They're still there. Scott says the city can't make the mistakes of the past by thinking this is a one-solution fix or something that can't be immediately solved. The first and most important failure of the past was to simplify an issue that's, it, that's not simple, right? To say, like, if we just round them up and get them out the corner and give them jobs, it'll go away. Because what, what you're talking about, and then we all know, we all know the failure of clearing corners in Baltimore and that history. It's why we have a consent decree. It's why our police community relations is something that we're rebuilding. And I would just remind folks what that means, especially for young Black people in Baltimore, when we talk about clearing. And that message is for everyone to hear because we don't, we don't want to go back to that. We're always going to enforce when people are harming people, right? We're not talking about doing no enforcement, but also. So what, um, what will you be, enfor what will the police be enforcing then? In what way yeah. are their hands tied or untied? Well, it's not, it's not, and I think about, and I want to say this too, Tom, too, it's important for us to say, like, what folks are saying is like when they're in the street, you should be enforcing. What we're talking about here is when people, you know, 
are having their windshield wipers pulled, when people are having their, which is work we're already doing, having their cell phones taken and, and using their cash app, when people are being assaulted, when they're throwing stuff at people, when they're damaging cars, when they're preventing people from moving throughout the roadway, right? That's it, That activity has escalated beyond squeegee. But if someone, uh, and even let's just remind ourselves, what if they're not in the, sometimes they don't get in the, into the street. What if they're asking the squeegee just standing on the median, right? Are we going to clear that too? What about the folks who are homeless with a sign and they're standing out there, right? Are we going to clear them off too? We have to think about this issue in a deep way and not make those mistakes. Connecting panhandlers to jobs and opportunity is what is needed. And Scott says more people who are in a position to do so need to come to the table to help. Because what is happening for these young men and, and women if you're down there making your own hours right and you're making two three four hundred dollars a day and you're getting your money every day it's going to be a lot of work to get that person to then change to getting paid every two weeks you can hear that full conversation between tom hall and the mayor by going to midday at wypr.org and before we go, as a last reminder and word of caution to motorists, Mayor Scott reiterated something I shared at the top of this podcast. The grace period on I-83 is now over. So if you are speeding on I-83, you will be uh, receiving a ticket for my speed cameras. If you saw uh, the article in The Sun, we know in that one month period it issued 84,000 violations. We know it's been a big drain on our our services here from police and otherwise with the accidents and things that happen on 83. So this is just a final notice to all that the cameras on 83 are operational. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Many thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, Shekinah Collier, Bethany Brunel Raja, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Kristen Mossbrucker. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. If you have a scoop or suggestion for this podcast, my social media hangout is Twitter at That's Pam Jones. Remember to be courageous and stay curious. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.